0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first edition of the 2023 Drive for Show, DFS for Doe, here on Roto Grinders. Golf is back. Came back last week with the Tournament of Champions, uh, and we got uh, broken in with uh, quite the entertaining event. Uh, John Rahm out dueling Colin Morikawa there, with uh, Morikawa providing some assistance. Uh, with a little slippage there on Sunday, and uh, Rom ended up winning by a couple of strokes. Happy to be back with you, as usual, breaking down the golf tournaments every week, and this is going to be uh, basically a, a weekly thing for the next uh, seven or eight months. So the uh, the break always feels pretty long, but uh, we're all refreshed. We're ready to go, and we've got another season of golf upon us. So we've got the usual two suspects here. I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. We'll be hosting the show for you. I've got Mr. Notorious, Derek Farnsworth, alongside me. Noto, I hope you had a good holiday season and a good golf break. Uh, How you been, man?
1: Yeah, been good. Uh, Too long without golf, that's for sure. Uh, What was that, a whole month without a show, something like that. So uh, good to be back. Maybe it was six weeks. Um, But anyway, yeah, last week, got to watch some primetime golf in Hawaii. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, great Sunday. We didn't think it was going to be a great Sunday, given the fact that Morikawa was up by, I think, six heading into Sunday. But uh, yeah, he kind of melted down there at the end. And one of the lessons we've always learned is you never count your chickens before they hatch. And I saw way too many people out there victory lapping their Morikawa, you know, 21 tickets on Twitter uh, on Sunday morning. So, uh, yeah, lesson learned the hard way. So, yeah, don't uh, don't do that. You'll just jinx yourself and uh, it'll it'll look pretty bad.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's never over till it's over in golf, particularly on a course where there's a lot of birdies to be had. And Rahm went to pin hunting there on Sunday. Morikawa shot, I think, two over on the back. Uh, and that uh, makes up several strokes in a hurry. And uh, and so Rahm ended up winning. It was basically a, a two person race there at the end and uh, uh, a week where, you know, if you had exposure to both Ram and Morikawa at the top, uh, it was a pretty good week for you. Uh, we also saw Tom Hoagie to his good run. J.J. Spawn uh, has been playing some of the best golf on tour. In- impressive top five finish for him. Another top five for Tom Kim last week. Uh, others in the top ten, Finau, Scotty Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick. So uh, as expected, a-, a lot of pristine scoring conditions. We saw uh, 12 golfers get to at least 20 under par. Um, everyone, you know, with the exception of just a handful, was double digits under par. Xander Shoffley had to withdraw uh, during the middle of the second round, but uh, he had withdrawn from the Pro-Am, and and that news had kind of come throughout the week. So it was a birdie fest as expected. Not a ton of wind, and not a ton of wind expected this week uh, for the Sony Open as well. Other takeaways outside of Rahm and Morikawa for you from this uh, short field season opener last week.
1: Uh, not really. I mean, just to touch on Morikawa a little bit. Um, golf's just one of those things, man. One thing goes wrong and it can really uh just start to turn into a, a big snowball going downhill. I mean, he had, you know, that, that sand shot that hit over the green, ended up bogeying fourteen and then fifteen hit his uh second into the green, just a little too far right, rolled all the way back, chunked his uh his little chip shot there, and then they kind of did the same thing on the next hole. So just one of those games, man. Uh, I'm sure, you know, I kind of felt for him afterwards, you know, in his interview, he just was saying, you know, it's going to take a while to get over. And he seems like a really good guy. So, um, easy to root for, you know, I I obviously had more ROM than more so I was okay with the result, but, uh, yeah, golf can be brutal sometimes. Uh, shout out to Tom Hoagie, uh, coming in third, he played a uh, great on Sunday and now he's flying back to the States to watch his TCU Horn Frogs tonight. Um, and then he's flying back to Hawaii for the event. So uh, if you like guys that are traveling a ton in between tournaments, uh, maybe look his way this week. And, I mean, Tom Kim just continues to be awesome both on and off the course. I don't know if you saw it, He was babysitting Spies' little kid during the during the Christmas break and uh, hanging out with the Spies and all that good stuff. So uh, that was another good story from Tom Kim. And then one other guy I just wanted to bring out, Billy Horschel. Uh, I think he finished – yeah, twelve under par, but he was thirteen under on the weekend. He started out terrible and then ended up battling all the way back. So he's a guy I might want to you know, take a look at a little bit more this week.
0: Yeah, as for Hoagie, that's going to be a long flight back to Hawaii after an L. So uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll put that uh, put that on record. We'll we'll see how that take uh, ages <laughs> throughout the night and his uh, <laughs>
1: weekly casino trip. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> buyer beware for Mister Hoagie this week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, always a fun event, fun way to get things kick-started. But the uh, the season really uh, rolls in earnest uh, this week uh, with the Sony Open in Hawaii. So uh, we've got a full field this week. We'll have 144 golfers in the field. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the strongest field, uh, but pretty incredible to see, uh, you know, you got a field that's got Spieth and Matsuyama and the aforementioned Hoagie and Harmon and Connors and, uh and tom kim has already claimed honors as the most expensive golfer in a uh, in a draft field so uh pretty incredible that uh, that he's come you know so far so quickly uh but uh, before we start digging into the golfers uh we've got a, a, another hawaii event obviously where the main defense of the course is wind uh and the wind is not expected to be super crazy once again this week so we should see plenty of birdies uh, what do we have for an event and a course on tap this week?
1: Yeah, much different than last week. First off, shout out to uh, Jeff Wilson, Don Yeezy in the chat. Um, two of the regulars like to see them. If you guys have any questions, just uh, fire them up. We'll get to them at the end of the show. Uh, but as far as the course goes, wildlife country club, completely opposite of last week. So last week you had extremely wide fairways where everybody's hitting driver every hole. And then it turns into driver or wedge fest this week. A lot of guys are going to be clubbing down off the tee. The fairways are extremely tough to hit. You're gonna have a lot of mid irons. So, seventy uh, percent of approaches are from one twenty five to two hundred. So, complete opposite of last week, like I said. Um, this is the an event where the highest percentage of strokes gained putting from the winner has come um, on the PGA Tour. So, guys really make up a lot of uh, you know of their strokes gained on the greens, especially the winners. A lot of uh, golfers compare it to Harbour Town, Colonial, those types where you know kind of just the plotter. Tends to play a little bit better, but it doesn't really fit any specific skill set. I think the Bombers are certainly fine here. They're just going to not be hitting a lot of drivers. And, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. It should be really easy. Like you mentioned, the weather isn't going to be bad. So I would expect uh, very good scoring. And, uh, yeah, Bermuda grass throughout if you do like those uh, those putting splits.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, and getting everybody through the cut, certainly imperative on a course like this one. Uh, where we're going to see plenty of scoring, plenty of opportunities. Uh, You want to have six of your golfers through the cut for certain, if you can. Uh, So uh, prioritize those safe golfers where you need to, uh, because if you get six of six through, it should benefit uh, tough for a five of six or four of six lineup to beat uh, a full six of six lineup uh, in weather conditions like those that are expected this week. So
1: one other note. So remember, we always talked about them not being able to, you know, take the shot link data or the all the machinery to Mexico. How come they can how come they can take it to Hawaii? I that
0: don't know. It's easier to cross an ocean than a border. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Interesting. I, I just thought of that. Um, yeah. Also, go Jags. My Jags in the playoffs. Let's go.
0: Um, that wasn't the prettiest of wins for your Jags, uh, but negative, you know, negative yards in the fourth quarter, negative yards in the fourth quarter. And you were losing, uh, going into the quarter, uh, probably would have bet the house on, uh, them losing if I would have known those stats in advance of the quarter taking place. But yeah, that's why they play the game and, uh, kudos to the D for, for making a big play and, and they got a prime time playoff game. I was absolutely shocked to see this. Uh, I I was dead sure that the Jags would be like a three o'clock game or a you know a one p.m. game or something. So they got the primetime game on Saturday night, and uh, you know as soon as my Ravens get eliminated, which surely they will, if, particularly if Lamar doesn't come back. But uh, as soon as the Ravens get eliminated, uh, hopefully the Jags are still around, and and I'll root for them. So. Um, it was it was a. What's Dan doing now? Is his DB rooting for the the Titans since he's in Nashville now? Is he still sticking with the Jags? Have you talked to Dan?
1: No, he's a you know full full Jags fan. He ended up watching the game with Soccer Dave and Cal, who are both big Titans fans. So uh, it was two against one, and uh, he prevailed. So yeah, he sent me uh, <laughs> some text. yeah, that was pretty fun. You
0: got uh, Noto and and Dan, the uh, our roto grinders uh, converts over there with the Jags. But uh, yeah, nice to see them uh, make it, and and certainly a good story. Uh, for the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. All right, let's dig in uh, to these golfers again. I mentioned not the strongest field, uh, but we do have decent talent at the top. I'd say you know you you can probably make it a a top I'd say a top four bucket I guess with the 10k golfers on DraftKings with the aforementioned Tom Kim uh, and you've got M Matsuyama Spieth. All four of these guys competed last week. Uh, I mentioned Tom Kim finished tied for fifth. Uh, Spieth finished tied for 13th. M tied for 13th as well. Um, and then Matsuyama faded a little bit on the weekend. Finished tied for 21st. But all of them are coming off uh, an appearance last week. Uh, maybe throw Hoagie in there as well, since he played well last week, and, and he's only 90. He, he's right there at 9,900. So, uh, what do we make of this uh, top five group here?
1: Yeah. So I know you know there's not a clear favorite this week, but I don't love the soft pricing that we're seeing from DraftKings. Uh, I think last week the most expensive guy was in the the mid-10K range, and this week we have 10.5 as the most expensive. I played Rom and JT last week, and you can play Tom Kim and Sung Jae and still have 7,300 each. So I don't really love the the looser pricing that we're seeing up top, but uh, it definitely helps your lineups look a little better. As far as the guys that I do like, Got to go with uh, Kim and him up top. You know, Kim just continues to crush on a weekly basis. I think he was the only guy in the top 10 last week, that lost strokes putting. Seems like a perfect course fit for him. He's accurate, good iron player. Uh, he's actually turned into a pretty good putter as well. J kind of a complete game as well. Another guy that always tends to play well on short Bermuda tracks. So those two would be my favorites. Uh, pretty far ahead of Hideki and Spieth, but I don't know. Hideki won here last year. He's fine. Spieth. I don't have a strong takeout speed. probably won't play any of them this week.
0: Yeah, I'm out on a hoagie uh, because I think the travel will be, uh, the get the best of them and I expect TCU to lose. So uh, maybe a little hangover there. Uh, that is definitely subjective. Uh, but uh, at 9,900, I'll take my chances with some other guys. And again, though he's been playing well, um, I, I don't have a strong take amongst these guys either. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to fade Tom Kim at this point. Uh, if you're using our projections, um, they've got Sungjae projected like seven points above everybody else in the field. So I do like those top two guys, um, and, and I think I'll probably have more of them than the rest. Uh, everyone kind of knows that uh, I'm generally underweight on speeth. While I think he's fine, I, I don't think this is necessarily the course where you absolutely have to jam him in. So uh, give me Kim and uh, and Sungjae as the top two. Uh, with not a lot of pricing difference and and not a high end you know salary, uh, I still like those two better than the other three. Kind of in that uh, top five range this week. So Kim and M will be the two that uh, that I look to get the most exposure to. Uh, and then you know we kind of get a stretch of guys that are maybe pretty good but generally priced in the eight Ks most weeks. Uh, Russell Henley actually got his uh, debut win here. Hard to believe that's been ten years already. Uh, That was basically when DFS golf was first getting going. So been around for about 10 years now. Uh, You got Noto's boy, Brian Harmon um, in the field. He had some good finishes at this event in the past, but hasn't, you know, his last few trips, Uh, he grades out pretty well in our projections. Then we've got uh, Connors, Horschel, Keegan Bradley, Mav McNeely, and uh, Taylor Montgomery. So a pretty uh, deep nine K group there with basically one golfer at each hundred dollar increment. So Uh, How are you grading out to this group?
1: Yeah, so you mentioned uh, our projections on RG loves Sungjae. My model naturally loves Brian Harmon. It does seemingly every week, especially on these shorter courses. Uh, He's actually number one in my model this week, followed by Sungjae. So I'll have plenty of Brian Harmon. Played well last week. He's been in great form for the last few months now, Uh, coming off a second, second, and 16-place finishes. You mentioned he's got some good finishes here. So he's going to be my favorite. Henley, I think he's fine, but he's lost strokes putting in like eight straight events. So at a birdie fest, that does worry me a little bit. I know he's won here before, so maybe he has a little bit more confidence on these greens. And another guy that puts well here, Corey Connors. So if you look at his numbers here from the past, he's just on fire on these greens. And we know the ball striking is going to be good. So he's one of my favorite options. I mentioned Horschel at the top of the show. Really good weekend. Another guy that I always like on these Bermuda tracks. So I think Connors, Harmon, and Horser are going to be my favorite in this range. And I wanted to pick your brain. What do you think about this uh, narrative that – so 17 of the last 24 winners have played uh, at uh, the week before, so at the Tournament of Champions. But when you think about it, I mean the top 10 most expensive golfers in the field this week all played last week. So it kind of makes sense that the best golfers in the field for the Sony played last week since it was the Tournament of Champions. So I don't – I don't want to put too much stock into it because I do think it's getting played up a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, I think that's noise. I, I really do, just because it's going to be the best golfers that were playing in the Tournament of Champions, and they're going to have like if you put the the odds of all the guys that played last week, I mean, it's probably you know minus two fifty or something for that somebody from that group to win this tournament. So. Um, I, I really think that a lot of that is noise. I mean, sure, it helps, you know, get uh knock off the rust a little bit after a fairly long break. Like maybe there's a little something to it, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really not putting any stock into it if it's, you know, playing this guy just because he played a week ago.
1: Yeah, I think the narrative will shift ownership enough to where it's probably not going to be worth it. Um, the other narrative, 16 of the last 17 winners here, have played the event before and I do put a little bit more stock into that because a lot of guys have talked about how tricky some of the dog legs and the greens have been. So I don't know. I think that one's a little bit more reasonable.
0: Yeah, that one makes a little bit more sense. I can buy into that. And, you know, there's a lot of times it's these same guys that are going to come over and play here every year. Uh, You don't see a lot of guys that are, you know, making their debut appearance. Like the only the only golfer is just looking through the history now. The only golfer above seventy three hundred that has never played here is Taylor Montgomery, and that's because he's a rookie. So, well, Tom Kim. Oh, oh yeah, and Kim. Sorry, Kim and Taylor Montgomery. That's uh, that's yeah, the list that's it, <laughs> of everybody above seventy three hundred that uh, that has you know not played here before. So, uh, it's mainly the same guys. They're going to come over here. <clears throat> You'll notice that a lot of them play here every year. Uh, Keegan has an interesting history as well, and and Connors in this range. Uh, Connors, 11th, 12th, 3rd, his last three trips. uh, And Keegan has a couple uh, top 15 finishes in in his last three trips as well. So if you want to play the course history angle, um, those are a couple guys in this 9K range that have maybe the most consistent history. Uh, And I do like McNeely a good bit as well. Um, Did you give a take on what you're doing. So are you out on Montgomery with uh, the fact that he's never played here and the fact that most of his success was with the red hot putter or do you like the, uh, the putter angle here? Uh,
1: I do like the putter angle. Uh, I'm always going to be on in on Montgomery, especially in tournaments. I don't think I'll end up using him in my main lineup. I'll probably end up using guys that have played here before, but yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, red hot, I think he's had top 15s and like 18 of his last 20 stars, something crazy like that. So I uh, probably going to be good in a birdie fest, probably going to play well. Just don't know if he's going to win, but uh, yeah, I'm in on Montgomery honors, Harmon and Horschel in this range.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. I like, uh, you can mix and match a few guys from this range <laughs> because the, the, the pricing is, you know, fairly soft. So uh, it's not like you have to uh, dip down mega cheap, even if you want to use a couple guys in the nine K range. So I like those plays as well. And I think it makes a lot of sense to go with that range because uh, the nine K's I think are are quite a bit better on the whole than the eight K range. Like KH Lee is inconsistent. Adam Scott is inconsistent. You know, if you want to keep riding the wave with JJ spawn, I I guess he's fine. Keith Mitchell drove the ball really well during the fall swing, but I I think these guys are definitely a step down from the nine K range. So, I like going with the 9Ks and 7Ks the most this week. Uh, and the 8K range is the range that I'm probably going to have uh, the least amount of exposure to. I do like Mitchell with the way that he's been driving the ball. Uh, he can be scary to play at times, but uh, I think that consistency has evolved in his game over the last 12 months compared to what we saw maybe two, three years ago when he would you know shoot a 75 and a 78 and just have... Uh, these brutal miscuts, cuts, but uh, he hasn't done that a, a, as much of late. So Keith Mitchell at 8,300 is probably my favorite option in the 8Ks, uh, but I just don't think there's a lot of guys that I want to play in here. So that's going to lead me to a lot more exposure to those 9K players that we just referenced because I think they're all fairly good, and I don't like a lot in this 8K range outside of Mitchell. So uh, you want to try to sell me on somebody in here.
1: No, I agree 100%. I think the 9Ks is a lot stronger. I will be interested to see ownership. You know, maybe we get, you know, a discount on some of these guys in the 8Ks. So from a tournament perspective, I don't hate some of them. I like the Keith Mitchell call. He's got some good course history as well. Uh, Cam Davis is a guy that can go low. He can make a lot of birdies. I think he's top five in this field in birdie or better rate. I think Seabez is a good course fit. One of those guys that short Bermuda tracks where the putter matters, I do like Seabez. And then my favorite play is going to be Andrew Putnam at 8,000. You get a nice little discount there. Uh, He's made 16 straight cuts. He's just had a a bunch of good finishes during that stretch. He finished T2 here in 2019. Very good on approach, very good around the green, very good putter. So he just keeps it in play off the tee. I think Andrew Putnam could be really sneaky this week.
0: Yeah, and he's a guy that people just don't love to play for whatever reason because he doesn't, I don't know, doesn't generally pop as an exciting kind of high upside kind of name, but uh, you know, Putnam's been putting together a pretty solid season as well. Uh, Played well at the RSM uh, heading into the, you know, the, the winter break and um, just not a guy that he used to be that guy that would finish 35th, 40th, 45th, and, you know, get you that made cut. And while it's not like he's been out there winning tournaments, he didn't miss a cut the entire fall swing. Uh, He had 20, uh, 21st at the RSM. He was second at the Zozo uh, had 12th at the Shriners 30th at the Sanderson farm. So yeah, maybe not piling up a ton of top tens, but uh, he's making cuts and, and showing maybe a little bit more upside than, than what we saw from him a couple years ago. So uh, don't mind Putnam at 8,000 as well, along with Mitchell. I think we're pretty much in agreement on uh, how to handle that range there. And so you may, maybe you get one guy from that range and then you kind of start rounding out your lineups uh, with the, the seven K golfers of which there's always a ton. Um, and, and maybe there's something in the six Ks too. I mean, the, the the field does tend to, to thin out pretty quickly uh, in these, you know, weaker field winter events uh, to where there's generally not a ton of complete punts in the six K range, unless you get a misprice. Uh, so, you know, rounding out your options is often better with, say, a couple golfers in the 7Ks um, as your values as opposed to, you know, an 8K and and a 6K golfer. So uh, let's start to go through these 7Ks, maybe the upper half of the 7K range. Who stands out for you in there?
1: Yeah, so I get the feeling that uh, Matt Hughes and J.T. Poston are both going to get inflated ownership this week because they both played at the Tournament of Champions, and everybody's going to hear that narrative. So I'll probably be uh, underweight on those two. I think Kurt Kitayama is interesting, a guy that can get red hot. Um, he's had two second-place finishes in his last nine starts, so a little more volatile, but uh, definitely has some upside. I like uh, Matt Kucher. This seems like a Matt Kucher track. He did win here a few years ago, uh, and his ball striking during the swing season was actually pretty good. You know, for the longest time, it was just the short game that was carrying him. So maybe he can uh, have a little career resurgence this year. That's pretty much it for me from 75 to 8,000. I mean, Brendan Todd, uh, I guess he's 74, so I'll save him for the next round. think you're on mute. Justin, you're on you're mute. You're muted, Justin.
0: Yep. Sorry, guys. Thanks. Um, yeah, it pains me to play Kucher, but it makes sense. You know, he's, uh, he played well. He mentioned the ball striking. It wasn't just hero short game or anything like that. And, uh, and this is the type of course, uh, shorter track, you know, birdies available, keep it in play, make some putts. And, you know, it, you don't have to have the glitzy, glamorous drive, uh, to succeed here. So, uh, I, I don't like it, but, uh, I think Kuchar makes a lot of sense and, and he'll probably end up in my player pool this week as well. Um throw Svensson in that mix that played last week too. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not great, but I, I think you got to get one guy from this range. You mentioned Hughes is probably, I, I'd venture to say that Hughes is probably going to be one of the chalkier ones. Um, you know, Smalley's always a guy I like to play that that grades out well in our projections too. So mix and match those guys from, from 7,500 to 8 K. Uh, and then we go down into that lower part of the range uh, you get a nice mix of guys that maybe have struggled uh, veterans that have been struggling or guys maybe that are on the rise. Um, I like to talk about Todd cause you just mentioned him, but Aaron Rye, Chris Kirk, uh, they grade out pretty well in terms of uh, safety for cut made percentage. Uh, David Lipsky is another one that, that grades out pretty well in our projections uh, in the lower part of this range. So your thoughts on the 7K seven K to
1: 7,400 players. Yeah, the two Bens, uh, Ben Taylor, Ben Griffin, both played really well during the swing season. I think they make a lot of sense. Uh, both of them very accurate off the tee, good on approach and good putters. So they do fit the course pretty nicely. Uh, Brendan Todd, kind of the same thing, really accurate and a good putter. Um, he, I don't know what his upside is these days, but uh, he's three for three here the last three years. My favorite play might be your guy, Russell Knox. Um, I'm hoping you're on board with him this week. So he's actually a top seven iron player in the field over the last 12 months you look at his course history it's pretty good you look at his uh swing season it was pretty good he was making a lot of cuts a couple uh top 30s before the end of the year so uh, i'm hoping you're on board with knox because i think it's a really interesting week for him
0: you know i like knox on these courses that doesn't even need an explanation so yeah i'm good i'm good with that
1: all right and then um Robbie Shelton, he's a guy that we've been playing a lot in the, the swing season. He made six or seven cuts with a couple top 15s. I think that stretch, I like him. And Mark Hubbard's not a guy that I like to play on Bermuda. But, um, yeah, I mean, approach and putting. He's kind of like top 30 in this field in both. So if you want to take a chance on him, I think he'll be owned. Um,
0: Did you mention Jaeger at all?
1: I did not. I you were a, how you how I were missed. kind of a Jaeger guy
0: during the fall there.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I missed him. He's been playing well. Maybe Model doesn't love him this week, but uh, makes a ton of birdies, can get high with the iron. So, yeah, I'll take some Jaeger. I
0: was going to say, I didn't think you'd just naturally abandon ship like that. And for those who might be wondering, because we were talking about Hoagie earlier, and I was just speaking at the score to the football game. But uh, for those of you who might be watching us on playback and wondering what the heck we're talking about, we are taping these videos on Monday again uh, to get them out earlier in advance of the, the golf week uh, as kind of a first, you know, first pass kind of thing. Um, and uh, so we taped on Tuesday <clears throat> throughout the fall because there was always Monday night football uh, and tons of, of NFL content going on on Mondays. So I'm uh, moving the tapings back to Monday night. So we're actually taping simultaneously with the, the national championship game here. My prediction looks good so far. TCU went 3 and out. Georgia got a touchdown. Four minutes into the game, uh, it's already 7-0 yeah. for Georgia. So uh, Tom Hoagie, his night is not off to a good start, uh, but it's uh, it's obviously early. All right, anything else above 7,000 there that, uh, that you missed? I think we covered most of them that are on my radar at least.
1: Yeah, I think we're good. I mean, Webb Simpson is 7,400. And, of course, he loves any uh, – maybe the, the time off did him some well.
0: I don't know. I mean, When's the last time – when's the last time Web Simpson has put up a performance that you've had to have in DFS? Like, I can't remember the last time it's burned me to fade yeah. Webb Simpson, and he's been so cheap for so probably, long. I mean, yeah, probably I mean,
1: 2021 20, of this event when he finished fourth.
0: Isn't that crazy? I mean, cut, 52nd, cut, cut, 69th, cut, cut, 13th, cut. 27th. I mean, there's just his last top 10 was the RSM two years ago, tied eighth. Um, there which you. you know, and he was probably 9K then. He, you know, the pricing has just um adjusted over the course of the last year as his finishes have trailed off. So I think I'm out on him at least until we see something, you know, see some spark. Um, and then maybe you can.
1: Paris English similar, but actually had a little bit of signs of life.
0: I don't know. I don't know why, but I just feel like maybe you get a little more ceiling with English. But I don't know what's making me say that. That's probably I mean, just bias. Yeah.
1: He's been better than than Webb for sure, but that's, that's not that saying much. much? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a low bar. Um, but I could see keeping him in a GPP pool for sure. As we get into the six Ks, uh, as we almost always say in these weaker field events. Um, particularly now, I think this is where it's more noticeable on the PGA Tour with all the the guys that have gone to the Live Tour. You know, you, you just you see some pretty um, ugly bottom part of of fields um, on the PGA Tour, and you know we don't have a whole lot of really strong projections. You scroll through lineup HQ in these six K range, you see a lot of red in terms of our cut probabilities and you know ratings and and, and notos ratings stuff like that. Um, And and there's no glaring misprices here. I guess like Piercy is the guy that grades out the best in our projections and Ben Taylor, who who you you mentioned a minute ago, uh, he's 6,800. So I definitely think Taylor is my favorite. Um, I mean, is there anyone else you can feel remotely confident with down here?
1: No, and with the with the pricing being softer, 10.5 being the most expensive guy, I don't think you need to go down here. I mean, if you're MME, you can include a couple of these guys, but I just don't see much win equity or even much top-10 equity down here. But um, like my model likes Ben Taylor, like I mentioned, and then Eric Cole, Trevor Cohn. I've never really heard of these two guys. Um, I mean, Harry Hall, we've seen him a little bit. But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty ugly. I don't really – Ekro, the guy that you know, we were playing a little bit last summer, but he's been in bad form. So for me, I would uh, play Taylor and stay above 7K.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to be keeping hardly anybody from this range in my player pool. I mean, if you want to go for the course history angle, uh, Sink has four straight top 40 finishes here. Michael Thompson has a couple strong finishes, fifth last year. Uh, but – I mean, the, the form for these guys, Kramer Hickok is another one that's got some decent course history, uh, over the last three years, but uh, you're not getting anything in the way of current form from these guys. And as you mentioned, it's just not necessary. Um, you know, if you play a couple golfers from the nine K range, uh, maybe pick out your favorite eight K golfer, um, you know, you've got 7,800 still to spend. So you can per player. So, uh, you can you can make it work with a lot of those lower-end 7K options. There's plenty available, and you don't have to dip super low into the 6Ks. If you find somebody you feel great about in a GPP and you want to roll them out there, like Thompson with his course history, I guess, is maybe a guy I'll sprinkle in, uh, but nobody that you're going to consider like a core option or anything like that. So anybody else for you that you think is worth at least a head nod?
1: Uh, Brian in the chat brought up Ryan Armour, so uh, 6,900. He's uh, definitely a Ryan Armour type of course. He's made four or five cuts here. So if you want to play him, I don't like that.
0: Yeah, he's kind of in that uh, poor man's Russell Knox type of mold. Uh, did make his last three cuts during the fall swing, 21st, 27th, 46th. Uh, I don't mind that. He might end up being one of the last guys in my player pool as well if I need uh, another kind of lower end play there at the bottom if it makes the rest of your roster work um i think he's probably good for a, a made cut here and uh, again that's kind of what you're shooting for on a a course where there's going to be a lot of birdies available so all right uh, anything else in the uh the chat that you see that we haven't addressed for those that might be watching live
1: i think that's everything
0: all right. Well, we'll get out of here before the football game gets even worse. Uh, it's uh, it's about to because TCU fumbled and Georgia's in the red zone again. So, again, don't play Tom Hoagie this week because TCU's about to lose by about 50 uh, the way this game has started. Uh, that's I'm, my I'm call cheering for those.
1: TCU now. I have no rooting interest, but uh, they're going to make the comeback. And, uh, no, they're not. and if they do, we got to play Hoagie.
0: They're not coming back. It's not. Uh, whatever the live line is, I'll still take Georgia. I think it's 20- 20... 22, it looks like right now. So, uh, anyway, I'm just putting all this out there because it's uh, bulletin board fodder and old takes exposed and all that stuff. When TCU comes back and wins, and I'd like to see them win. Uh, Georgia won, you know, won last year, so uh, you know the underdog would be a great story. Uh, but uh, I don't think Hoosiers is is happening in real time in, in college football tonight. We'll see. Hopefully, the underdog story can continue. If it's not tonight, maybe it'll be Saturday with the Jags. Uh, who are uh, still getting no respect i think they're a home dog against the chargers uh, who they've already beaten i believe correct
1: yeah and i think it's like one point spread so. okay
0: well still still no respect you got to play the no respect card it no helps no respect
1: also tampa bay I like, that's that line seems fishy to me too anyway
0: so we like the bucks show. brady's going to like win the in bucks, the playoffs
1: yeah. i like the bucks
0: uh dax always good for a few picks uh when uh, when dallas doesn't need them. so uh, well, we'll have you covered on the NFL side. It's only Monday. We'll have you covered here by the weekend uh, here at Roto Grinders with the six uh, NFL games this weekend. And uh, of course, we'll be bringing you this show uh, every week on Monday evenings, and of course, available on playback uh, for those of you who might be checking us out after the fact. Uh, hit that thumbs up button there on uh, YouTube as you exit. We appreciate that very much. And uh, thanks to Noto for joining me. Welcome back. New golf season is here. Thanks to Rob for producing behind the scenes for us tonight. We appreciate his help as well. And uh, we hope you have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place. Take care, everybody.